good morning. I hope and pray uh, you all had a great start to the new year. All right, seven days in, no complaints yet, right? Yeah, maybe. Right. A few that I can <laughs> uh, that I can think of already, right? But you know, the Lord has blessed us. It's hard, it's, it's hard to believe that 2023 is now a part of history, right? It is what, it is what has happened. Like, talk a little bit about, you know, you know, well, back in my day, you know, in Sunday school, it's like, you know, and I forgot to say this, but I was going to ask Tanya if she ever had dial up, you know, you know, right? You, anybody, who remembers that noise? Right? It's a fun one. It's like three hours later, the page is finally almost done, and then mom has to make a phone call. Right? <laughs> no! You know, it's a great thing to kind of look back, and there's even stores like Entertain Mart uh, in the Springs that there's just loads and loads of VHSs. I'm like, I heard a report the other day that they're thinking of getting rid of DVDs. I'm like, what? Can you think of that? Walmart without DVDs. I'm like, I remember Walmart having VHSs and VHS players. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> back in the day. You know, uphill in the snow both ways too, right? <laughs> you know, now it's 2024. It's new, and we hope for a better future in the here and now. We hope to hear of less wars and less rumors of wars. We want to have life now. We want peace in our time. We want justice here and now. Yet as we start a new year with the hope of a smoother year, we understand and know that the world is broken and that here we will have struggle. But thanks be to God in Christ Jesus, we have a promise. The Lord says this, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. The truth here is that life here is, is broken. <clears throat> we struggle with sin and shame. But in Christ Jesus, entrusting in the finished work upon the cross of Christ, we have the most assured hope, resurrection, that we in him will dwell with him forever we will be made new entirely i like how paul you know says in this life we live in this tent right and one day the perishable will put on the imperishable that is a cool picture one day we will no longer deal with the hurts and pains of this age one day we will step into life paul says it like this in the book of colossians if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are of earth, on earth. <coughs> and he gives a reason why. For you have died, and your life, your life is hidden in Christ, in God, hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also 
will appear with him in glory. That's an amazing, miraculous day that we look forward to. We who are in Christ don't live for our own glory, but for his. We are his workmanship because in him our life is found. Not in the visible things here, but in the imperishable things in heaven where we are told by Jesus to store up our treasures in heaven, right? Because they won't rust, moths won't eat them, robbers won't break in and steal it. Because it's imperishable, it's not going to fade. Our life in Christ is not going anywhere. And therefore, no matter what happens throughout 2024, we are able to hope in Christ because that future is safe and secure. And now we can be about praying, praying that the word of the Lord would go forth unto the ends of the earth, no matter be it a time of peace or a time of war. Let's uh, start in a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father God, we, we thank you for today. We thank you for everything, all of your faithfulness, your trustworthiness, and the opportunities to study the scripture, to, to fellowship with one another, to pray for one another, to bear one another's burdens. Lord, as we step into 2024, that we would seek all the more to keep our eyes upon Jesus. And no matter the waves and the wind and the rain and everything that comes against life, comes against us in this life, that we would know that we are safe and secure and as we listen to your words and we build upon the foundation of that, that though the storm be great, there is no crash. That we would tell those that are building their hopes and, and dreams and aspirations on the sand to build here upon the rock of Christ. To be in this foundation. To be hidden in Jesus. Because life here is broken. But life in him is safe and secure it is assured lord be with us in this time as we turn to study your word though you would rid us of all the distractions of things that have taken place you know family members going going back to school and and everything lord just even not not being with family and and, and wanting more of the holiday time with with loved ones that we would just be about being right here, studying your word and, and fixing upon you. Ready us for the next week that as we miss family, we can call them. We can, all this great technology that we can, we can use to, to keep connections and, and be a community that reaches out and pours out into people's lives. Lord, be with us as we, as we study. Equip us, encourage us, pierce us through with your word that we would aim to please you throughout our days. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, please turn in your Bibles with me to 1 John chapter 1. Verses 1 through 4. John writes this. 
that which was from the beginning, which we, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the father and with his son Christ Jesus oh sorry Jesus <coughs> excuse me His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Well, today, today we start our study on 1 John. And this is an awesome book. We can look through it and kind of outline it in a little sense of like we get to see what it means to be in the household of the Lord, here and now. As one Bible teacher puts it, John's gospel leads across the threshold of the Father's house, and his first letter makes us at home here. We can see it, actually. The purpose of the gospel of John is stated by the apostle. He wrote this is the very reason that he wrote now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him you may have life in his name. Right? That's the purpose statement of the gospel. And see, John wrote his gospel so that people everywhere would know who Jesus Christ is, and that they would believe upon him, and in doing that, they would have life. John now, in this letter, speaks to those who have placed their faith in Christ Jesus. They are now children of God. So questions come to us. How do we live in the Lord's household? John will go, with, go through that. John will, throughout the letter, deal with issues like what are the house rules, so to say, or how do we live life as a child of God, and also why? Why do we live child? Why do we live life as a child of God? Why, you know, why don't we just get salvation and go? Whoo, you know, that'd be nice, right? Receive Jesus and you're you're done. You don't have to deal with any of this stuff. Now, these questions and more John addresses in this letter along with addressing heresies that stand against who Jesus Christ is. A one study Bible put it like this. First John was written to dispel doubts and to build assurance by presenting a clear picture of Christ. Entering history, Jesus was and is God in the flesh and God in focus. I, I liked how, how they put that there. Because he is seen, heard, and touched by the author of this letter, John the Apostle. 
See, we can hear it in verses 1 and 2 of 1 John. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest. And we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That's just like, so I love how John writes, right? <laughs> First John points us, points us to the unnamed author of the book, John the Apostle. This was actually a, a really fun study of, of how, how do they know this is an untitled book? Uh, you know, no one, like Paul the Apostle, like writes his name. You know, John does not introduce himself like Paul does, like other authors do. It's like, how, how do they know? Because these are, you know, some of the books in the back are kind of disputed a lot sometimes. And I'm like, you know, this would be fun to kind of go through. We don't have to go through the whole thing. But a, a big part of it is style and vocabulary of how they can actually see how an author writes. And that is transferable because you write one book, you're going to write another book like the other books that you have written. But you can see it in the Gospel of John, actually, how this parallels with 1 John 1 through 4. 1 John 1 through 4 parallels well with John 1 through 4. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And there's many other parallel passages that as, as we get to them, it will you know, be pointed out that you know, this, is, this is how we know John is the author of the gospel. John and his audience knew each other. That's, that's actually why a lot of scholars are like, this is why he didn't title it. It's, it's a letter that is meant to be circulated through the churches of Asia. Most of likely, you know, Smyrna, Laodicea, Ephesus, you know, all the churches that are written to by John and maybe more. It's circulated. John knew them. He's the, the father of that area. He's the elder that, you know, oversees all of those other elders that are through those towns. And so it's a circulatory letter going through what is Asia Minor, which is part of modern-day Turkey. It's like this, this part of the, the Turkey as you look at the map. Um, <clears throat> the author of the Gospel of John and First John are one and the same. John the Apostle, who, as we can see, from 1 John 1 through 4, is an eyewitness of the life made manifest. It's fun kind of looking through the Gospels, and, and Logos Bible Study is a really good study Bible that you can download and say, hey, you want to know about Bartimaeus, or you want to know about John, and you can go to the word search and plug it in, and it will pull down or pour down <laughs> all the verses. So you can take your time to study. Hey, I want to know more about, you know, hey, we were talking about Ahab or Jezebel um, today. You, know, you can pull that down and read all the scriptures that have to deal with that. So, and there's a free version of it. That's, that's the one I use. So it's free is good. Free is fun, right? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> um, 
John the Apostle was one of the twelve. Along with James, his brother, they followed Jesus. John was a fisherman along with his brother. And this was this is a fun verse because you, you go to it and and you can see John and James mending their net in the gospel. It's so cool because when we went to was it Pompeii Explored or something? What was it called back in the day? But it was a Pompeii exhibit at the Denver Nature and Science Museum. And you're going through and you're seeing all these cool things from history and, and I see fishing net things that they fixed fishing nets with. I'm like, that's amazing because it's from the same era. Those are the same kind of tools that James and John are using as Jesus calls them, come follow me. And they're like, oh, okay. And they dropped their tools and, and went with them. That is so cool. You know, they left that. Jesus gives the sons of Zebedee, that's their father, the name sons of thunder. James, John, and Peter are the inner circle of the Lord's followers. They witness some miraculous things that the other apostles don't. Uh, when Jesus brings the ruler of the synagogue, or the ruler of the synagogue's daughter back from the dead, uh, they witness that. They are the witnesses of the transfiguration. And also when he is greatly distressed in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night of his betrayal, they are the three that are beside him as he goes away from the other apostles. They are the inner circle. <coughs> James and John also sought to sit at the Lord's right hand and left hand in his glory. And John actually thought it wise to stop someone who is using the name of Jesus but did not follow with us. And Jesus told him this, Do not stop him, for the one who is not against you is for you. When a Samaritan village rejects Jesus, both James and John, and this is where the Son of Thunder part comes in in their early, in their early life, they ask the Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come from heaven and consume them? And Jesus rebuked them and went along his way. I feel like some of those points in, in what he learned following Jesus are really like amplified or expounded upon in this book. So it's, it's interesting that it's kind of stood out as, as we go through the book. They'll stand out more of like, you know, there is a line there is people following Christ. There is people not following Christ. There, there are people that, you know, yes, you must have grace on them and not, not vengeance, but offer grace. And, you know, it's interesting. You know, he's the beloved apostle, right? That's how he titles himself in his book. But he's also labeled the son of thunder. And yet he writes, you know, God is love. And he talks about that in chapter, in coming chapters and everything. That we'll see how, how walking with Jesus changed him. Uh, Jesus rebuked and then went, away, went on his way. Uh, John is the writer of the Gospel of John. He is part of the witnesses of, of Christ's crucifixion, um, along with the women. And along with Peter and the other apostles, they witnessed the empty tomb. They witnessed the resurrected Christ on many occasions. John is seen in the book of Acts as a part of the early church. And when before the Sanhedrin, the ruling council of the, of the Jews in, in Judea, uh, this is recorded of John and Peter. I, I love this. They saw the boldness of Peter and John. 
and perceived that they were uneducated common men. And they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I love that. You know, it's like they were just fishermen. It's like, yeah, they probably had, you know, the first five books of Moses, if not more, memorized. And, you know, they weren't the scholarly elite and all these other people, but they were with Jesus. They knew the truth, and the truth had set them free. John, as recorded by Paul, seemed to be a pillar of the early church, and he perceived the grace given to Paul. John wrote his gospel, the book of Revelation, and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. He wrote 1st John around 90 AD. So as, you know, the first century is closing before, before persecution came. And he came to this book with the purpose to promote fellowship, to protect, protect holiness, and to prevent heresy, and to provide hope. I like how even that study guide had alliteration in it, right? Oh, good old Baptist right there. You got to alliterate everything. <laughs> you know, you don't have a sermon unless there's alliteration in it. <laughs> Some people are, are like that, but you know, it, it, it sticks with you, you know? Because something in every age the church needs. Because every generation will face distractions offered by the world. It will offer false fellowship the church will always face false offers of anti-holiness. Like, no, life, life is found over here. That life apart from Christ is something more, something better. The proverb stands out. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends, but it ends, oh my gracious, but its end is the way to death. Got to put your S's in the right area before you, you know, say the word. <laughs> the church will face falsehood. Falsehood that offers life, but instead is a path to death. So the church needs hope. The church needs encouragement on how to go forward every day, every age. One study guide put it like this. Two major roadblocks that hinder this walk will be one follow, falling in love with the world and falling for the luring lies of false teachers. And John continues in 1 John verses 3 and 4. <clears throat> that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. John is an eyewitness, an eyewitness of God in the flesh, Jesus. And he wants his readers, he wants those hearing this letter to understand that life is found nowhere else. It is found in Christ Jesus alone. For he is the life made manifest. John breaks it down. He says, we saw him, heard him, touched him. John saw Jesus live, die, and rise. 
and ascend. John heard him and saw him love his enemies. John laid upon the Lord's side at that supper, at the last supper. He laid upon the breast or the bosom of the Lord and asked, who is it? John was there. He fellowshiped with God Almighty here upon earth. And through the Son, he offers that fellowship with God Almighty to all. Now please turn in your Bibles with me to the Gospel of John. Chapter 17. Well, this is in the garden. This is the high priestly prayer. And John records this in verses 20 through 23. Jesus states, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them even as you love me now as you think about unity and think about even this prayer, there's, there's a lot of issues, a lot of secondary issues that do and can divide the body throughout the ages. But something that shouldn't divide us is this, having fellowship with God or not. This, in fact, is a dividing line, as we'll see throughout the, first, the letter of 1 John Dividing lines between believers and unbelievers. What is the big, the big, black, bold line that separates us from the world? See, it brings us together. That we have heard the word, that we have believed upon Christ Jesus, so that the world would know that Christ is from God. Jesus brings it to bear Elsewhere in, in the Gospel of John, actually, he states this, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, just as I loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The unity, fellowship, and love should be the measure of the church. This doesn't mean we forget about doctrine and convictions and morals, right? But it gives us the, the means of getting to the goal. How do, we, how do we go forward in that? Yet the church has been influenced and affected by the world that says the ends justify the means. 
which can be seen and, and should be seen as amoral, right? Not right. Because how we, how believers get somewhere matters. We cannot murder anyone for the sake of morals. We cannot lie for the sake of truth. No, we must hear what Peter says. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, right? Kind of like pairs well with what we talked about in Sunday school. Is like there's a lot of, you know, secondary issues, you know, even, you know, third, you know, things that, you know, why is this an argument? <laughs> you know, but how do, we, how do we deal with it? With gentleness and respect. First off, we honor Christ. We honor Christ. This is our main focus, that we do things rightly. We then do the hard work of, of being prepared, of getting ready for trivia day, because it's coming, right? Get, get ready. Get somebody get excited. No? I'm, I'm excited. I got a bunch of questions for you. <laughs> It'll be fun. It'll be fun. So we're ready to give an answer for the hope that is in us with gentleness and respect. See, we, we engage. I, I liked what was said in Sunday school. We don't, you know, no one wants to befriend a screamer, right? We don't want to scream at everyone and scream at the world. It's like, no, we want to engage the world. We want to engage the world, not to destroy those that stand against us, but to offer the truth that God is here reconciling the world to himself through Christ. And the work is finished upon the cross. And fellowship with God is offered to all those that accept the free gift of God found in Christ Jesus. The church has been known for many things throughout history. Today we could look at the outside world and see what they think of the church. I'm sure there's a, a reel or a, a blog. or Do they have blogs anymore? I used to blog. <laughs> probably a, probably a, a YouTube channel or something. And see what they think of the church. As I thought about this and in closing, I, I thought of the book that was written back in 07, 2007. So it's been a little bit. It's called Unchristian. It summed up what the modern world thought of the church in the early 2000s. And the world truly let us know and, and said, hypocrisy is not welcome. That was an interesting take from the book back in the day. It actually led to a lot of different kind of movements and some good, some bad, but it, it answered some, some good questions. And I think part of that era kind of started a lot of really bad things too, but it's, it's something that we can learn from, that we should take to heart, that we should not say one thing and, and do another. As people who, who bear the truth of Christ and the fellowship that is offered to all of us sinners, we should be transformed by it. I think Erwin Lutzer uh, put it like, let us deal with our own stuff before we deal with others. I can't, can't remember the specific quote, but it was a good, a good quote from the book that we were reading in Sunday school. But we, we first need to deal with the me and we need to remember that we are struggling sinners. 
something as we go through life with other people and we rub shoulders with people, we can inform people of that. It's like we're not perfect because we got Jesus. We need him because we're not, right? You know, it's a good, that's a good witness. Hey, yeah, I, you know, I'm a sinner that is in need and I want you to know him too. Still, we are urged to engage the world, to let the truth be known, not by pointing at ourselves and, you know, because that was another issue in that book, the holier than thou, than holier than thou attitude, right? It's not about us. It's about pointing to God in the flesh who came for the ungodly, who offers us life. And we should be about this like John is, should be about this with joy. Because in Christ Jesus, our fellowship is with each other. As we'll, we'll talk about that as we go on in the book. And our fellowship is with the Son and the Father as we are sealed in the Holy Spirit. John writes it like this in, in closing. John 1, 19 through 13. I'm like, you know, I quoted that for like a whole month. I thought, why not start the new year with the, you know, apparently it's my, my scripture passage right now. Just to, It's been on my heart and soul of like, this is, this is the message that we carry to the world. The true light, which gives light to everyone. And this is 1 John 9 uh, through 13. So John, yeah, John 1, 9 through 13, the gospel. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. As I've said many times before, I'm so glad it doesn't stop right there, right? It says, but. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And as we start our study in First John, we get to learn more and more of like the, the house rules and how and, and the why of like, how do we live as that child of God? How do we live? How do we go forward as a new creation? Let's close in prayer. Oh, Father God, we, we thank you. Thank you for this day that your mercies are new every morning. And yes, our, our sins are many, but your mercy is more, God. That you are faithful through the ages. That those who trust upon you, those who rest upon your finished work, that call out to your Son, are saved. And Lord, help us just let it be known. Help us learn from, from John here as we walk through this letter that we would be that community that we talked about, the community of you know, having the standard of, of holiness and, and, and letting the, the truth of the gospel being known but knowing that we're also going to face backlash and hatred from the world because they don't want it exposed. That we would love them. That we would know that you are with us throughout the age. 
that we can abide in you and and fellowship with one another and lift up prayers and and sing to you lord i pray for us as we go out to this next week that we would aim to please you in our lives thank you for today jesus it's in your name we pray Amen.